you know, if I were building a direct to consumer business today, what I'd be thinking about is actually giving the customer the choice of, hey, do I want to engage with this business through email or Facebook or SMS, not forcing them down one or the other path. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we are dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I'm your host, Annette Grant. And we believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you are struggling to scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. And let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. Uh, today's episode is actually a first Inc. 5000 interviewee. Uh, today, we welcome Ben Jabawi from Privy. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Super pumped to be here, Chase. Cool. So when you get on a sweet list like that, do they send you 500 candies? How's that work? 5,000. Sorry. <laughs> there was a package that came. There was a bunch of like confetti and stuff. Um, but no, it was it was a cool, you know, you gotta take a couple moments here and there to celebrate wins and the team's been working hard. So that was that was awesome recognition. That's super cool. So did you not have any idea before? It just was kind of a surprise. No, no. They actually like they reach out to companies that think that they think may qualify. And then you actually need to submit your tax returns for three years because it's based off of revenue growth, actually. Oh, that's wild. So um, we didn't know that we were going to be included or, or you know how high up, but we thought there was you know a good likelihood. That's amazing. So I assume almost every single one of our listeners understands what Privy is, but like uh, for the you know one person that doesn't, you want to explain it? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Privy is a, a suite of marketing tools built a hundred percent for e-commerce businesses. So we're, we're best known for our site conversion product. Uh, we call it the Privy Growth Plan that helps you convert visitors on your site into email subscribers and sales. Absolutely. And the best part is uh, you guys have some free products out there uh, that can help when people are just getting started. Absolutely. So our whole belief is that uh, there's a series of campaigns that every e-commerce business owner should be running when it comes to marketing. And we want to give you all the tools, even when you're just getting started, so that as your business grows, you're familiar with Privy. Uh, we can hopefully increase the likelihood of success for your business uh, and that we can be a part of it from day one. Absolutely. So let's go, let's take it back before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of marketing and how Privy helps and all that stuff. So what were you doing before Privy? Ooh, uh, so I was involved with a handful of technology companies before, like at the ground level. None of which I was the the founder of, but um, just learned a lot about how you build technology, how you fundraise, how you set up payroll, how you hire people, how you fire them. Um, but what got me into Privy was my background is in engineering. And I grew up in a family where both of my parents were entrepreneurs. So you know, because I was comfortable with computers, they would say things like, Hey, Ben, like, build me a website. What's email marketing? What's Google Ads? That sort of thing. And so just because of the role that I filled in my house, I got familiar with 
uh, digital marketing for small businesses. And that was the impetus, um, plus the experience from the other tech companies that gave me the confidence to kind of focus on solutions for small businesses. I think it's really funny that when you're like that tech guy, you definitely get called on by your family. I did a website for my uncle who's a lawyer and for my aunt who runs like a short-term rental operation down in Florida. Nice. Yeah. And I'm guessing they also call you when like their Wi-Fi's down and my parents trick me all the time. They're like, "Hey, we're having this amazing dinner. You should come over." And I'm like, "Cool." And then I show up and they hand me a broken iPad. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that. Totally can relate. Yeah. Awesome. So from all this knowledge, from all this learning, uh, for, I think that a lot of people think that the first go-ahead is like going to be a successful company. And I think it takes a bunch of failure before you kind of stumble into that, that correct idea that, you know, that something that's got some validation. But all the skills you pick up along the way are actually what make it worthwhile on all those failures. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even, even Privy, a, a lot of people don't necessarily know this, but... Um, I started the company in 2012, uh, 2011, and there was a period of three years where we we really were not growing at all. Uh, you know, we had the wrong uh, go to market, we had the wrong messaging, we didn't have a free version. You had to talk to a salesperson. So, like, I find time and time again that when I'm failing, that's when I learn the most uh, and can hopefully use that as a way to kind of. Uh, jumpstart things in the right direction. Yeah. So for any of our listeners, I hope what you get out of that is just make a choice. And if you fail, learn from it and move on. Like not making a choice and not doing something means you're never going to get started. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Got to take those risks. Do something. Awesome. So nowadays, Privy is doing awesome. Uh, they're powering over a quarter million e-commerce stores like Lisa Mattresses, Figs, The Beatles. That's really cool. Uh, any other other cool ones that you're allowed to talk about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hubble Contacts, the Minnesota Vikings, um, Boosted Boards uses Privy. I mean, really, a lot of uh, really innovative direct-to-consumer brands that are scaling. They're in scale phase, as well as really small businesses that are just getting started. I've actually got a funny story about Hubble Contacts. Oh, nice. What is it? Yeah. So... Um, I had LASIK like a long time ago and my eyesight started to go bad again. So I was like, oh, I'll just get some contacts for when I'm going to concerts and what so I can see what's going on. So I was actually going to use Hubble and I didn't know there was a difference between a contact prescription and a sun and like a regular glasses prescription. So I like I did all this stuff and then they're like, Your order was canceled by your optometrist. And I was like, What? And they like wouldn't let me get them from Hubble <laughs> and they made me come <laughs> in, in there. Wow. So you never ended up doing it? Not through Hubble, no. They got me into the thing and I was like, well, I'm here. I'm now. I want these things. You know, so, that, But that was my story. It was funny. Nice. My optometrist just dropped the hammer wouldn't let me, uh, <laughs> let, wouldn't let me be a customer of theirs. Yeah. They probably didn't want to lose the business. Absolutely. So let's kind of get into how Privy helps customers and kind of just uh, how amazing uh, marketing for direct consumer is in general. So uh, first things first. Um, Say I've got a new brand. I've got some validation going. We're selling a new type of sneaker. Let's say right. So we're already, we're already over that hump. We're we're selling a little bit. Say a thousand dollars a month in sales. Uh, you know, kind of coming up on five thousand. We're getting a little bit of growth in there from organic. So we've got that product market fit. What should I be considering? You know, to try to help scale up my business. Like what channels? What avenues? How could Privy help? All that stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's a great example. Um, as, as business owners or marketers, we all want to think that when we launch that new store build or launch for the first time that, you know, having a beautiful site and a great story is going to be enough to convert a hundred percent of the traffic that visits the site. The reality and the data tells us that, uh, even the best e-commerce stores are only converting two to five percent of traffic that hit their store. And so where Privy fits in is, you know, what can you be doing to nudge an anonymous visitor along, whether that's incentivizing them or not, um, just creating a relevant experience based on what you know to turn them into a lead or increase the likelihood of a sale, right? So um, I think a lot of people might use the word pop up and think that that's a dirty word. Um, in our mind, if you can control how that looks and control the audience who you're presenting that to and at what time, you can do some really interesting stuff to increase site conversion from 2% to 10 or even higher in some cases. Um, and a lot of that really boils down to just devoting attention to what we describe as website segmentation. So um, a lot of e-commerce marketers might have a whiteboard drawn out or some you know, complex process flow diagram of, Hey, if this happens to this subscriber, send this email. Or if that happens, send this other email or series of emails. Um, and so they think about personalization and um, relevant messaging right, through triggered emails. Yet they... They don't take that same approach to website traffic. And so uh, a, a really simple framework to think about where you can weave conversion points into your site would be to think about um, just common buckets of where someone is in the funnel on top of your website. So to boil it down, um, focus on you know three audiences, right? One is first-time web visitors who you do not know and have never made a purchase, right? The second might be uh, visitors who are further down the funnel. They have uh, a single product or multiple products in their cart right now and are actively checking out, but maybe not done completing purchase. And then the third category would be people who are driven back to your site from email. Right, So you already know who they are. Maybe they made a purchase before. What can you be doing on the site to kind of nudge them and point them in the right direction? Right. So the idea of simply showing a generic pop up to all three of those audiences is very clearly not the right thing to do. So, um, you know, thinking about your business and your site and how you can tailor a, a on site experience to each of those three buckets is kind of where Privy fits in with the software that lets you test and execute those types of things. Yeah. That's an amazing technology. Segmenting on where your customers at and their customer journey is quite amazing. I can't tell you how frustrated I get when I go to websites and I'm already on their email list and they're asking for my email again. Right. Uh, you know, so just from my user experience, seeing being able to not see that pop up or see a different message, maybe it's enticing me another way, uh, would make my user experience a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, going back to those three audiences. So for new visitors, one of the common things we see that that converts nicely is, hey, welcome to the store. 
you know, join our list and get a small code for 5% off for new members, right? Something subtle like that can perform incredibly well. Um, for people that are further down the funnel, uh, you know, let's say your average order value was uh, 50 bucks. You might see that there's a certain person on your site or a group of people who have product in the cart, they're in the checkout flow and they're leaving. And maybe you say to yourself, Oh, if they have less than average order value, so less than 50 in their cart and they're leaving, you know what? I don't want to do anything for them. Let's just, let's try to keep them there um, through, through the site experience we have. But if they had 500 in their cart and they're leaving without completing purchase, that might be a good opportunity to present them with an offer before they abandon entirely. Um, or, you know, another example of this is, uh, if I sell razor blades, right, uh, and I see that someone has razor blades in their cart, I might want to actually suggest uh, that they click a button to add shaving cream to their cart as well. So that's like the upsell use case. So the 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 list growth, the cart saver display, and the upsell modals; those are really the three kind of use cases that we recommend. To tailor to different audiences. Yeah, and those are all amazing examples of how you can, you know, retain customers. Uh, that one example of the, you know, segmenting your messaging based upon cart value—that's so cool. It's really powerful too. We see that merchants that implement that sort of cart saver tactic can reduce the number of abandoned carts by ten percent. Like, and that, you know, that might take five minutes to execute or less. Frankly, absolutely. Support for our podcast comes from our friends at Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your e-commerce store. It works with your existing email and chat platforms. So setup is quick and easy. Simpler's network of on-demand US-based Simpler specialists are standing by to answer your customers' most common questions. Set it up for free today and then turn it on or off depending on your customer volume. You only pay $2.25 for every resolution. No hidden fees, contracts, or minimums. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat around the clock with Simpler specialists. Start your free 7-day trial at simpler.ai slash honest. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I slash honest. So with with setting up these segmented messagings, let's kind of go back to like the first message for people that are brand new subscribers per se. All right, they're not subscribers yet, but you want them to be a subscriber. How important is that email to my business? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, you know, we can talk a little bit about uh communication channels and, and some things we're seeing there. But email is the anchor and re- will remain the anchor of a strong e-commerce business. Um, we see that in the numbers. You know, Revenue from email uh, for businesses that are investing properly uh, as a channel can be 40-50% of your overall revenue. So if you're sitting there today saying, well, I haven't invested much in email as a channel, I would really question why is that, and you know, if you're happy with your business growth today, imagine what it could be with a strong email foundation. And you know, to build that, you got to have those email relationships. You got to make sure that they're opting in properly, that they know what they're opting in for, um, and that the entire experience is really on brand. Yeah, I asked that loaded question on purpose just because I want to drill home the power of email. And I don't know where it came from. But I've had many people 
be like, oh, email's dead. We don't focus on it. I'm like, do you not want money? <laughs> well, I think there are some other channels that have really high engagement, right? So this is something we're seeing where uh, you know some merchants are adopting Facebook Messenger. Uh, others are trying SMS, right? Text-based messaging. And what they're finding is, uh, is really high open rates, right? When was the last time you didn't open a text message that you got? Probably never. Uh, and so I think what you're seeing is, is merchants who are claiming other channels are uh, taking over email is really that maybe for a lower cost, uh, they're finding success with other channels. But that doesn't mean that all of the you know, 1,000 visitors on your site this month are ready to engage with your brand via Facebook Messenger or SMS, right? So I think, you know, if I were building a direct-to-consumer business today, what I'd be thinking about is actually giving the customer the choice of, hey, do I want to engage with this business through email or Facebook or SMS, not forcing them down one or the other path. Yeah, I think that the people that want to have that more direct relationship with the brand would probably be people that were bordering or if not fans like these are these are, you know, proponents of your brand. They actually really like you. Uh but if they're just getting, you know, one thing a year or they purchased once and never again, I don't think those people want you to be up in their inbox like that. So email is fine. Totally. Yeah. It's, it doesn't feel intrusive. Um, and SMS is... Yeah, I would describe it maybe as like people who are higher intent, high likelihood for repeat purchase. Um, but you know, you got to respect that too because it's, it's really easy to opt out of these things. Um, and yeah, I, I just think more and more merchants are going to have to give consumers the option. Yeah. And I just kind of want to go back to email and kind of extrapolate on why it's so cool. It's with when you do have someone's email and you're allowed to market to them, you can use that email in other ways by creating like smart list through Facebook advertising and through Google advertising. Whereas with a cell phone number, you can't. Yeah. No, it's a really, really good call. Uh, email acts as a critical channel for e-commerce um, because you can connect with them and send triggered messages and all that. But yeah, it, it also acts as the anchor of that consumer's kind of digital footprint online, and so you can get you can get ads in front of them on Facebook or um, retargeting custom audience lookalike ads can all be predicated off of the email address. So yeah, building a list is is pretty critical for for any e-commerce business. Awesome. So now I've got this list built, my little store where I'm selling these cool shoes that I made up an hour ago. So we're doing this. We have all these emails. What should I be? What should I be telling these people on my list? What should I be messaging them? Give me some tips there. Yeah. So I think there's a, there's a couple different ways to view that. Um, I'd kind of take that continuation of the funnel um, and that we talked about for people on your site and think about how that translates off the site, right? So let's let's think about pre-sale and then post-sale. Right. So pre-sale, um, if someone just came to your site for your first time, for the first time, they join your list, uh, the work doesn't end there. Right. So 
maybe maybe they're not ready to buy, right? So you should think about a welcome series for people new to your list that kind of further tells your story, right? Educate them on the value of the, your product versus going to Amazon and buying some cheaper product. And I think that kind of educational welcome series is critical. The other side of it is cart abandonment. Um, so for people that haven't purchased yet, have added to the cart and are leaving something behind, you know, think about whether it's one hour or 24 hours later or whatever you're comfortable with, you know, thinking about a message that can help recover that purchase. Maybe they got distracted. Um, you know, maybe they need a coupon, whatever it is to get them over the hump. And so I think, you know, making sure that you have education and cart recovery via email for pre-sale is critical. And then, you know, a lot of mistakes that, that we see merchants make is that once that first purchase happens, then what, right? Are you just kind of quiet? Obviously, you should be sending a order follow-up with an immediate confirmation. But that moment between when the order is made and those first couple of days before the order is delivered, that's critical, right? That's a critical moment for you to build uh, your brand, to tease excitement, um, to share some more content about how they should be using that product and the story behind it's made, behind how it's made. So I think the, the order follow up series is another really critical touch point because if all we wanted to do was optimize for a single sale, it'd be really hard to build a growing business. You got to be thinking about, okay, I just got that first sale. How do I tell the story and differentiate so that I can be driving towards a repeat sale if we actually have won this customer over? So I think, I think thinking about an email strategy as it relates to pre-sale, which is likely education and cart recovery based, and then post-sale, which is kind of getting them excited how to use the product so that when it's there, uh, they kind of know the full story behind it. Absolutely. Setting up all those types of scripts and automations, you know, you just have to sit down and really think about it and not crunch the numbers, but kind of like crunch how you want to approach your message there. But once you get it done, you can turn it on, see how it works, and you can build out iterations as long as you're using, you know, a software that will let you. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that sounds like a, a lot of work, but you could, you know, in an hour or less, turn on a autoresponder for the moment someone joins your list. You could have your cart abandonment email turned on and your first order follow-up email turned on. And then just like Chase was saying, come back to it in a couple days or you know, after a couple orders and, and see if you want to revise it or flush it out further. You know, it doesn't need to be um, a full-blown 30 email series. You can just start simple and expand from there. Absolutely. So starting kind of from like a zero to one is what you need to think. Just get it turned on, get it started. And then you can kind of work on the voice, work on the message, work on what you want to do for you after that. And I want to say Clavio has an actually a really cool... Uh, I'll put this in the show notes. They have a really cool interview with an agency that talked about how they built um, this giant segmented uh, you know, follow-up campaign for orders, kind of like what we're talking about here. But they're like, it didn't start here. It was like 3 emails and now it's like 30. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, every step of your business should start simple and expand as you actually get your your feet under you and you can see what's working and what's not. Absolutely. So let's kind of 
shift gears here. So from these automated flows, you know, those messages are kind of similar because it's the same action. And while it's going to be a more engaged message with the customer because it's kind of where they're at in their journey, I feel other people are struggling on the other side of kind of just like their newsletters, you know, pushing out, you know, just contact every week or two weeks or month, you know, whatever the cadence is that they're using within their business for their newsletter blast. I feel like a lot of people are struggling on what should I put inside of these newsletter blasts? And I feel like oftentimes people just default to this is a sale. Yeah. And look, I mean, there's probably a time and a place for that. Um, but I think. I think people overthink communications, right? In general, whether that's you know a post on LinkedIn or Instagram or a blog post or a newsletter or their first welcome series email, like um, you know, I'd, I'd strongly consider uh, building out a plan around some of these triggered emails, as we mentioned. So pre-sale, post-sale. Then when it comes to the newsletter, I think just Choose a cadence and be consistent, right? Um, talk about what you're working on, right? Document like how the business is going, like how you're manufacturing of that product or what materials you're using. Like there's so much you can talk about there um, that you know, maybe there is a coupon at the bottom, but maybe you don't need that, right? I think like the story and process and brand, um, and you know new products that you're listing or variations of the product. Um, it doesn't need to be overly complex, but I think I think just choosing a cadence that's realistic for you, right? So maybe that's once a month to start um, is is probably more important than what's included in it because you can always in, evolve that. But just setting that expectation with your subscribers of like here's the cadence. Uh, under which we're gonna we're gonna send our our newsletter. Um, that's that's a pretty critical step. Um, and yeah, you can watch the unsubscribes and the open rate, and you can learn. Okay, maybe I'm sending this too much, or maybe I should send this more. Um, so maybe it's twice a month. And if the opens are low, then you know that's probably a signal that people aren't really vibing with what you're including in, in the content of those new letters. And maybe it's time to mix that up. But again, that that idea, Chase, that you mentioned of like just going from zero to one and remaining consistent for a period of time, I think is where you're going to get the most learnings for your business. Yeah, and just the way that you explained that, just like just getting stuff out there and talking. About, there's so much going on in your business you can talk about and the manufacturing and all that stuff. I mean, if you want to read a book kind of about this topic, it's uh, one of Gary Vee's first books, Jab 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 Right Hook, and it's just like keep communicating on that cadence, keep sending stuff out there. You know, you don't always have to be asking for the sale. Just give value in some form. Just create the content, get the content out there and eventually ask for the sale, obviously. But you know, if you're always asking for the sale, that's asking for people to unsubscribe because you're not giving them any value. Yeah. Agreed. And if you're looking for inspiration here, um, check out Allbirds, Allbirds.com, join their email list. What I find is they're they're really interesting because they kind of only have like a couple products. Originally, they started as one, and so you see what they do with their newsletter. Um, it's you know I think it's once, maybe it's twice a month, um, and they just do a really good job of branded, story driven content. Whether it's about the products they use, the way they source, uh, how to use and style the products uh, that you've purchased. 
Um, and every now and then, I'd say it seems like every four or six months, they release a new product and they do that through email. So it'll just kind of give you a really good sense of how a really fast growing brand is using email without ever using a coupon. Absolutely. I actually can recommend another thing. Uh, there was a How I Built This about the founder of Allbirds. And it goes into depth about the history of that business. It's very interesting because you said fast growing band. And I wanted to kind of talk about that. He had been working on that idea since I want to say like 2007. Yeah. I think that's a theme you know, for, for all businesses. You, know, you hear about these companies that are overnight successes. And some of them are. But a lot of them, you know, were just grinding it out for years, just like everyone listening to this podcast probably feels right now. And, you know, it's the passion, it's the consistency, and it's kind of the, the ability to just kind of take action and try things that, that gets people over the chasm. What would you say to someone if they said Privy was an overnight success? I'd say, oh my God, you should see the, the years where I lived at home. Uh, with my parents, with my in-laws, etc. Um, before we really started growing, we we were absolutely anything but an overnight success. Well, now that you are, <laughs> where where are you guys where are you guys headed next? <laughs> yeah, so um, I think a lot of people look to Privy as kind of the entry point for customer data. Uh, we help you as the merchant build your customer lists in a really healthy, compliant way. Uh, and historically, all of that had been done using email as the core channel. And you know, we were kind of touching on this a little bit earlier, but um, at our our upcoming conference in September, uh, we're going to be talking about the evolution of Privy, which is going to be focused on expanding beyond email as the only way to build relationships. Um, and we're really excited to to launch some new integrations for Facebook Messenger for SMS so that you can design and target and maintain all of your opt-ins and on-site displays from a single place that's integrated everywhere. That sounds awesome. (laughs) And I am so sad that I won't be able to make it. (laughs) No worries. We'll catch you next year. Absolutely. I will be, I'll be sure to be there. All right. So uh, if people like what you're uh, saying here, how can they find you, follow you? uh, You know, how can they learn more about Privy and yourself? Yeah, so uh, we've got our two products, our site conversion product. Uh, that product starts entirely free. Uh, check it out at privy.com. Uh, and we also have an e-commerce email marketing solution for small businesses as well that starts at 10 bucks a month. So all of that is at privy.com. We also offer training every day of the week, uh, even for free users that are just looking to learn about converting more traffic. Uh, and that is at privy.com slash training. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ben, for joining the podcast today. And I'm sure we'll have you back. Yeah, my pleasure, Chase. Thanks for having me. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing the truth. Links and more will be available in the show notes. If you found any actionable advice in this podcast that you'd like to apply to your business, please reach out at electriceye.io slash connect. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice.